Welcome to American Patriot News. I'm Bill Moss. Ed Turner is my co-host tonight. Hello, Ed. How you doing, Bill? You're at the station where we fight for the Constitution against corruption, fat freedom over fascism, and power over politics. Uh, tonight, I want to talk, Ed, about the shootings over the weekend. Uh, I was out of town. I was not on the news. wasn't watching the news, taking a break. Uh, I come home and i heard some pretty startling statistics uh i mentioned on the trailer for tonight's show that uh there was uh at the time i heard 100 shootings in chicago alone over the weekend uh i've heard up to 133 i think now is what they said and uh we mentioned on the trailer there was a uh five and a six year old shot but i found out this morning there was also a one month old and a two-year-old shot. Um, this violence has got to be a problem. And we've got people, uh, like, like I said in the trailer, like Maxine Waters and Corey Bush. I don't know if you've seen the uh, posts they put up, Ed, have you seen them? What was that? Have you seen the post that Maxine Waters and Corey Bush put up over the weekend? No. Okay, it, it was more the racial drum beating more of the racial drum beating, you know. Uh, oh, the, criti the critical race theory? Well, knocking America, you know, America's, you know, uh, against the blacks and, and you know, stuff like that. Uh, you know, independence is for white people because black people aren't free. Now, let me ask you something. If they're not free, how the hell are them two serving in the United States Congress if they're so oppressed? How's Cory Booker in there? How's so many of the others of them in there if they're not free? Uh, how, how has Al Sharpton been able to avoid income tax payments all these years? Uh, a couple of years ago, he was four and a half million dollars and he hadn't paid and they uh, still tacking interest on him today. Uh, what would happen if you didn't pay your taxes that long and you owed that much? Oh, man, they take us straight to jail. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you a little story about me. I took and I had a corporation, and the person that took care of my books didn't file the paperwork right. And I was filing corporate taxes for years and come to find out she hadn't filed after the first couple of years, she hadn't filed all the paperwork she was supposed to be filing. I was paying fees, corporate fees. It was $175 a, a year for the federal government just to file for the pleasure of filing taxes. It was another, I think $100 a year for the state for the pleasure of filing taxes because I had a corporation. These were fees I had to pay every year. This wasn't counting, you know, my tax preparation, all that. These were just fees by the state. They charge you to file that much. And uh, so I paid these tax, these filing fees all these years. And uh, I got, I got, I got, I got a little bit behind on my taxes. And uh, so I really didn't owe any taxes, but I hadn't filed them. So they charged me the filing fees for every year, made me file them charged me the filing fees for the years I'd missed. 
And then they turned around and uh, after I paid all that, they told me, well, you don't have a corporation anymore because those papers weren't filled out. I said, well, then if I don't have a corporation, why do I have to pay those fees? I want my fees back. No, you can't have them back. But what they did was they attached my property uh, that belonged to the business until I paid it. How is Al Sharpton getting away with this? Privilege. Right. You know, we hear about white privilege. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, we, we keep hearing from these, these leftists that, you know, they're, they're so oppressed and they can't get ahead. But then I looked and there's Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, I mean, he was a brain surgeon. He come out of the ghetto. It's not what, where you come from. It's not what somebody does for you. It's what you do for yourself. Don't you think? You guys have got a business, right? You guys have worked and built that business. Yeah. You've not had anybody say, here's a grant for you. Um, and, you know, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but I don't think y'all probably got any stimulus money for businesses while this was going on, did you? Uh, no, we, uh, I got zero stimulus money period for myself at all. And I, uh, Jim had applied for several of those, uh, PPA or PP loans. Right. And got denied for every one of them, except for one that he finally got. Well, I mean, you know, that's the point. Uh, then. Biden comes out and says they're going to give stimulus to black businesses only. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And now, now he's getting sued because he also gave stimulus to black farmers only. Yep. So where, who's the privileged one here? That's what I want to. Who is the privileged one? You, uh, your Latinos, they're working for what they've got. Your Chinese, they're working for what they've got. The white people's working for what they got. You know, the Indians have got their casinos and all that they run. Uh, so who's privileged in this country? You hear so much about this. And, you know, I, I was looking <clears throat> at crime statistics. Uh, White people commit 59% of the crime, uh, depending on what year you look at, 59 and a half to 63, I think it was, percent. And black people uh, commit 23 to 25% of the crime. But you have to look at per capita how many people's there. And the, the black race is only 14, 15% of our nation, and yet they're committing 23% of the crime, and more white people are being locked up, uh, 
than black people. We hear, you know, that black people are locked up more than white people. We hear that, uh, you know, that uh, black people are, you know, victims of white people. But yet, when you look at the murder statistics, uh, most black people are killed by black people. And uh, what, what I want to make a point of that is, is it's not a racist thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we talk about white privilege and there is no white privilege. Uh, I've said before, I gladly trade my white privilege card for a race card because my privilege card has never got me anything. And then we look at these shootings over the, the, the last weekend. And what gets me is you've got all these little kids, black, white, whatever, getting killed. You remember we done the story. I don't know if you remember or not. We done a story on a little boy that was riding in his yard in a bicycle, a little white boy. And the black neighbor walked up from next door and just shot him in the back. He had an executed. Oh, I remember that little kid. And, uh, you know, they, they raised, they started raising money for this murderer. They started raising money for him. And when they was raising money for him, he was getting more money raised for him than his victim. So where's the privilege that little kid had? Where's the privilege he had? Thank God they, you know, said, wait, wait, uh, that money can't be accepted by him because you can't make money off the crime you commit. And uh, so, you know, a lot of people try to write books after they commit a crime and, and get royalties on it. And that stopped because of the same reason. Uh, but the thing is, is Chicago has got the strictest gun laws of anywhere, Chicago and California and New York. And yet, that is where the majority <coughs> of the murders went on this weekend, was those three states. Uh, it's not the guns that kill people. Uh, it's people that kill people. And when you want to kill somebody, you'll find a way. Uh, we talked about this earlier, you know, and you said something about we just use a hammer. And I did look at some statistics back at this where a hammer, had, people have been killed, more people have been killed by hammers than had been by firearms. Uh, I've seen people bludgeoned to death with baseball bats. Uh, can kill Abel with a rock. So what's the guns got to do with it? You know, we hear about assault weapons, you know, and assault weapons killing people. They actually, what they call assault weapons, uh, are actually the least used weapon for killing people. Uh, now, Ed, you know about guns. Explain to the listeners uh, what assault weapons really are and what ARs are. Can you explain that? Well, there's no such thing as an assault weapon. That was a, a word created by the liberal media to scare people into trying to ban or banning guns that were black in color that looked like military rifles. Right. But, I mean, they, they keep saying AR-15s are a high-power rifle. 
it's it's just a little bit bigger than a 22. They they probably shit themselves if I pulled out one of my high powered rifle cartridges and compared the two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the AR-15 is is just a it's a 22 rifle basically that's looks like an American military style rifle. It's it's not even a clone or a copy. It's a completely different gun altogether. Full auto, you know, or M16s have a, a burst capability, or in some cases, a full auto capability. You can't buy that here in California, or let alone on the civilian market, unless you get special licensing and tax stamps from the ATF. They've got a selector switch on them. You can go single shot, you can go burst, you can go full auto, right? Yeah, it's, it's a safe semi or goes burst or full auto. Right. So and those guns are well over $20,000 a piece now, thanks to uh, the, the government screwing us on gun control, well, so-called gun control laws. Reagan was the one that screwed everybody. Um, the 19... Was it the 1934 Gun Control Act when they were getting rid of Tommy guns? Yeah. Because of the mobsters having them. And then came the, that's where the tax stamps started because they figured if, you know, you were going to buy one of those, you can afford a $200 tax that they attached to it as to keep it away. Because the gun really, at that time, you could buy a Tommy gun for $45, brand new. Because that's what they—that's what they basically cost to make them. If you got an FFL, you still got one. And uh, in, in, if you have a certain type of FFL, there's different levels. I think four, four or five different levels of FFLs now. I'm not sure on that. I do know there's one for uh, curios and collections, and you've got one where you can be a gunsmith and you sell. You know, you really act as a gunsmith, but you're selling some guns because you have to have an FFL for that. Then if you have like an, an SSOT or an SS, I forget what they call it, but you got to have another enhancement on your FFL if you sell suppressors or if you're going to build machine guns. So there is different levels of FFLs and they all, they cost different levels to get. Well, you know, I worked with a guy and this was in the late seventies. Uh, he had an FFL, he had whatever he had to have, he sold guns and stuff, and he had a 45 uh, uh, Tommy gun, okay? And uh, he was working at the truck shop one night, he was a cashier, I was outside working, and we had a belligerent mob of truckers come in all at once, and the next thing I know, this truck takes off and he's flying out the driveway. And I look up and this fellow's right behind him in his pickup truck. And as he turns out of the parking lot behind the truck, he starts shooting his time gun out the window. And uh, the guy heads north on the highway towards Salisbury State Police Post. He's on the radio hollering for help because this guy lost it and he's shooting at this truck trying to shoot the tires out. I never did find out what transpired, but um, they said that he had a nervous breakdown. Uh, I guess they pushed the wrong buttons on him that night or whatever, but 
Um, these are things that happen. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you take law-abiding citizens' guns away or not. People are still going to have guns. They're still going to get them. And there's two types of people that use guns. It, the type of people that use guns are criminals, number one. Uh, and number two is the people that defend themselves against those criminals. And what we're seeing in the United States right now is a passion to turn against God, a passion to turn toward, uh, what would you call it, heathenism, I guess, uh, a passion to uh, put one race superior over another, and a passion to control everybody. And that's what I'm seeing in this world right now. And the only way you can control law-abiding citizens is if you take their guns away. And the Constitution says, nah, -uh. so that's illegal. And it's going to be up to people to defend themselves uh, if that happens. Uh, but the whole thing is, is we don't have to go this road. There's ways to get rid of these people. We got elections coming up in six months. I think it'll be tied up longer than that. Uh, hopefully, uh, we need to make sure these people are out. These people that's going around espousing this gun control, people going around espousing, you know, uh, this uh, this communist agenda, this Marxist agenda. Uh, we need to get people out that you know uh, want to put. And I've got nothing against black people, okay? Because most black people I know and talk to don't buy into this. Um, wanting to put the black race on a pedestal and teach our kids that because they're white or they're brown or they're yellow or they're red, that they're racist because they're not black uh, with this critical race theory. Uh, I blame the teachers for a lot of this. You know, the teachers are the ones that educate our kids. And part of what they're supposed to be doing is training the kids to live with stressful situations. School, Ed, uh, I was taught when I was taking classes to teach that in school, uh, you prepare the student for life after school. And if you're not preparing that student to deal with stress and work through their problems, then you're not doing your job. You're letting that kid down. And, I, and now you've got them sitting there telling these kids there's something wrong with them because the melatonin in their skin or the lack of. And uh, they're pitting, you know, the blacks against everybody else. And it concerns me uh, as a grandparent of two black grandchildren that we're going to roll back two, 300 years in this country. And, uh, you know... <laughs> We could easily go back to slavery if we go into a civil war at this point, because a lot of people are fed up. But I want to say on the flip side of that, while I was out of town, I talked to a lot of people and a lot of people of color and the people of color I talked to don't buy into this. They're as angry about it as I am. Uh, you know, they, they say the same thing I do, that we have to learn from our past and we have to move forward. 
we can't erase history. We need to learn from it. We need to educate with it. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, the, the teacher, I, I get I get in this argument every week. I got a teacher that she's an elementary school teacher and she lives right next door to my sister. And if she's out front, she makes eye contact with me. She goes right back inside till I'm gone. We, uh, I'm gonna chair up, lean against the wall, drink a beer, and sit there. <laughs> I, I, I basically one night she was talking, and I just couldn't believe that <laughs> she, she supports uh, teaching the kids about sex in schools when they're real young, five years old, six years old. Um, a lot of the doctrines that she supports the education in is what we would call communist or socialist. And uh, I, I mean, I had, a, I just, this, that question really irks. I, I get to that point where I flat out told her, I said, you know, to be honest with you, I said, I was raised, the teachers I had in school, 80% of them were World War II veterans. And they taught us, they gave us a real education on life. It wasn't none of this communist crap. Uh, if you want to identify as a helicopter today, you can do that. Tomorrow, you can be a little girl, you know, that kind of crap. It was a man was a man, a woman was a woman, and you go to church on Sunday. And I had to look at her and I explained to her that's how, you know, everything should be raised. Everybody's politer, the societies are better. And she looked at me and she's like, oh, you just must be a Trump supporter. Uh, Where did you get that from? Just by my beliefs. I said, you're a damn communist. You should be hung. <laughs> and she looked at me, are you threatening me? I said, no, damn it, that's a promise. <laughs> I said, teachers like you are commies and bankers and the politicians should all be strung up and hung as an example of what not to do in life. I just couldn't, I can't fathom these people that want to teach a five-year-old kid how to put a condom on a, on a banana in a classroom when they're not even mature enough to, uh, to spell out condom in words. Well, you know, it, it's worse than that, Ed. Some states, they're teaching them about anal sex at five years old. They're doing that here. And I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, children, I talked to somebody tonight, uh, and I won't mention their name, okay? Because the child deserves not to be exposed, okay? Uh, but they adopted a young boy, and he went through a really, really horrible life until they adopted him. And I think he's like 12, 14 years old now. And they recently adopted this young man. And he's had a lot of trust issues and he's working through them. He's working through them and he's making great progress. But this is a kid that spent most of his life, once he got old enough to do it, uh, trying to figure out how to make weapons to kill his father if he attacked his mother again. This is a kid that saw his father rape his sister. Uh, kids don't need that in their life. 
you know, I don't know about you, you're younger than I am, but when I grew up, the the biggest thing I can remember growing up, other than, you know, the assassination of the two Kennedys and King, uh, was the segregation that went on. And that was wrong. That was wrong. But if you push somebody who has previously segregated and now they've they've come enlightened to the fact that hey that's wrong and this race is has you know righted its wrongs as best as it could as far as you know currently uh if you start pushing them in a corner and segregating them which is basically what's going on don't you think yeah they're going to start pushing back and that's what i'm afraid of now with all these murders that's gone on, uh, a total of 260 people dead out of 500 shot over the weekend. The majority of them were in these liberal states uh, where these politicians are that's spreading this horse hockey uh, and stirring up. You know, and it amazes me that they let's take let's take LeBron James, okay? LeBron James, and what was his name? The football dude with kinky hair, the Brillo pad guy. Uh, that started all the kneeling for the flag. Oh, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I quit watching football when he came out. Uh, these people talk about how oppressed they have been. These gangsters talk about, I mean, these rappers talk about how oppressed they have been. Oh, well, millionaires. Ka Kaepernick was adopted by a white family. Yeah. And they, last I heard, they have since uh, shunned him because of what he's done. Well, I don't blame him. You know, I mean, these people have grown up, got educations, they went to college. They've made millions of dollars for playing a game, for playing a damn game while our soldiers go in the field and work for minimum wage. And if you don't think they work for minimum wage, go sign up, go into the battlefield, see what your allotment is, that what you get paid, what your allotment is for your family. And then you figure the hours you've worked and you're gonna find out you're working for minimum wage. Yeah. But these guys are oppressed because they can put a ball through a hoop or they can run it down the field and make millions of dollars. You are what you choose to be in this country. There is a certain element of luck involved. You got to a lot of times be the right place at the right time. But I'll tell you something else about this white privilege I've got. And it's the same white privilege you got. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've had jobs that I was better qualified for than the person that got it. But because they had to have a hiring quota and hire so many black people, I was set aside to hire so they could hire somebody with less experience. And a lot of times, a lot less work record than I had, uh, especially the the quality of work record I had 
Uh, I've always went to work a half hour to an hour early to make sure I was there on time, um, stuff like that. Uh, if they wanted somebody to work overtime, I work. I mean, that's what I went there for was go to work. As long as I got a day's good day's pay for a good day's work, that's all I asked for. And uh, a lot of times I would go in there and say, well, we're going to pay you so much an hour when I was working construction. I said, I don't want to work by the hour. Well, why not? Because I make more money working by the foot. This is why I take a foot. And there ain't no way you make that much money. And I'd make that much in inside. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I produced when I worked. And I've had guys on union jobs come up to me. Slow down. You're making the rest of us look bad. You know, and one particular job I worked where my dad worked. And you didn't slow down around my dad or you'd have his foot up your hind end. And uh, I said, look, I'm riding with him. You see how he works? He's been doing this for 40 years. There ain't no way in hell I'm going to slow down. You know, I'm going to keep working. You do what you want to do. I'm not here to play union games. And that would make them mad. That would make them mad. But I was making, I had one of the best paying jobs in the area. You know, I appreciated that job. I wanted to keep that job. And, uh, but it's always, you know, well, if we, if we slow down, if we don't do this, if we don't do that, you know, go to work and work. And if, if you, if you're a good employee, you can do stuff. People around here, well, you can't find a job. Everywhere I look, they got signs up. Hell, McDonald's is paying $10 an hour. You know what I'm saying? Um, some of them's paying better than that. And there's 15, $20 in our jobs around here. Well, you just can't find no work. And they're begging for help. They're begging for help. Nobody's impressed. They're lazy. Yeah. They're lazy. We got a place here that pays, I think it starts you out at like $16 an hour without even a GED. Can you believe that? You don't have to even have, have a GED, let alone graduate high school. $16 an hour. Well, out here, uh, well, since the idiots voted on that $15 an hour minimum wage, so it's $15 minimum wage an hour here. So what? Uh, there aren't as many of those jobs around as you'd think here because what they did was like places like McDonald's, they went ahead and uh, renovated the place now, and it's a kiosk. When you go order your food now, and they, oh, they automate it inside as far as fixing uh, the food. No, there's still humans behind making the food, but there's nobody taking your order no more. Well, parts of the country, McDonald's is automated. They got one person in their first shift that watches machines in case there's a problem. Oh, okay. So yeah, so That's what they did was they cut everybody's hours back. So you're getting maybe you know ten hours a week if that now. At some places, but In and Out Burger, it's a Christian-owned company. I, I I was really supportive of that company until the guy, the owner of the company, uh, bowed bowed down to BLM. But uh, they start out here at seventeen dollars an hour, and the managers or shift managers, I think, start out at nineteen, and a store manager is making about sixty grand a year here. Well, what's that done to the price of a happy meal? So you go to McDonald's now and you get a, let's say a Big Mac meal. Like I normally would get, <coughs> you're looking at like 11, $12 now minimum. I went there for what it cost me. Almost 60 bucks 
for uh, four people for the different meals? We went to Taco Bell down in Arkansas that night. It was $33 for two people. Yeah, I believe it. $33. You know, we've we've tried to tell people on this show as the minimum wage goes up, somebody's got to pay that wage. And it's not the company. The company's set up to make money. They're going to keep making their money. What they're going to do is they're going to raise the prices. And cut hours back. So, and cut hours back. So, if you was working at seven fifty an hour and you was getting forty hours a week, and suddenly you're working fifteen and only getting ten, you're not making anything. And the more you make, the more the government's going to take. Right. I mean, they've done made sure of that. I mean, you know, they're they're trying to get all these taxes in, putting the death tax back in, putting the death tax back in. Yep. And go ahead. California wants to institute a a, an exit tax that they could tax you for up to ten years once you move out of the state. Good luck enforcing that one. Yeah. They also California approved, or the governor signed a bill, or actually it's a law apparently now that they approve reparations for black folks, but they don't know they can't implement it. Because they don't know how they're going to get the money to do that, whether it's going to be tax. They already know it's going to be taxpayer funded. They don't know how they're going to do it, though. But well, you know, I can tell you how that'll work. I, I, I've got that figured out how that's going to work. Uh, if you stop and think Democrat parties promised reparations for years, right? Mm-hmm. What will happen is he's promising reparations. So he'll pull the black vote and the vote to get rid of him. Okay. Yeah. Then the next election will be coming up and he'll pull the black vote again because he's going to get, you know, he's going to get this. We're working on it. And then down the road, they're going to say, well, we run into a snag. We just can't do it right now. That's the way they've done black people all along. It's time to get off the plantation uh, to quit listening to CNN, quit listening to MSNBC and, and crying lemon on, on uh, CNN. And uh, it's time to, you know, to get real. It's time to understand that, hey, you know, you've been used. Uh, you know, we done a show year, uh, last year uh, about a guy that in the 1930s joined the Communist Party. And which is, uh, if, <laughs> when we looked it up, it, the, the Democratic Socialist Party of America uh, is what they call it. Uh, you know, you had Rashida Tlaib, you had AOC right on the front page of it. Uh, you know, and they had a whole list on there uh, of of people on there. Uh, now it's the Socialist Party or something like it. They've changed the name of it since we exposed it on t- on there. Uh, but if you still type in Democratic Socialists of America, it still comes up. And uh, when you search it, but it comes up under a different name. Uh, but it, it even had a list of everybody, including California, that had ever served in public office right down to a county judge uh, that was part of the Democratic Socialist uh, Party. And this is this is a long thing. It's been coming for years. Uh, I know since the 1930s. Uh, what was it, 1960, 1961, Khrushchev said they'd take over the 
the United States with that firing shot, they're working on it. They're working on it. And now we've got this, this uh, new computer hack. Uh, 15,000 countries, companies across the world. A lot of them's our companies. Uh, and there's a $70 million ransom on it. Uh, I blame that on Joe Biden. Joe Biden took them a list of what would cripple us if they attacked it and told them, don't you touch this. This would be bad for us. Well, who the hell would give Putin a list like that other than an idiot or somebody that was trying to make the downfall of the United States? You know, he's an idiot. But Barack Obama himself said he wanted to be behind the scenes pulling the strings. You remember that? And that's when all this crap started. The, the country was getting along. Black and white folk were getting along. I'm not saying it was perfect. It'll never be perfect as long as two people draw breath. Even if they're the same race, there'll be some kind of, of, of discrimination or you know, elevation of one over the other. Uh, right or wrong, it's going to happen. The thing is, is working about how do we do this and how do we get through this and how do we make it better for everybody? And instead of going out and killing people like they did this weekend, what did it? What did that accomplish? What did killing a one-month-old baby do for their cause? Nothing. All it did was, uh, well, besides setting, uh, well. Besides the racial sentiment going up on one side to the other. Well, you know, the, you remember the little girl that was killed in Atlanta down there by the Wendy's. It was a black family. They just happened into that area when all that come down. And they, they weren't involved. They just got caught in it. And they started shooting at their car and they got out of there as quick as they could but their little girl was murdered. You remember that? I remember several stories like that. Well, her father, this is a black man speaking, stood up and said, you say you care about black lives. What about my daughters? You killed her and she done nothing to you. And that's what's happened this weekend. I know at least four killed, four children from a month to six years old was killed in Chicago. And this is because one, they let the criminals out of jail. Two, they defund the police. Three, they put restrictions on the police that if you see somebody shoot somebody, you can't chase them down the street unless you radio in and get permission. Well, hell by then they're gone. So you've got a murderer out in the community that you could have caught, but you can't do it because Lightfoot and the town council of Chicago has made it where your hands are tied to enforce the law and protect the people. Uh, this has got to stop. It's got to stop. And I, I don't know what, what to do about it, how to get it stopped. But I know one thing, until we can all sit down and have civil discussions, there's no way we can do that. Now, I sat down with an attorney that was a black gentleman 
uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, let's see, today's what, Thursday? Monday night. And not Sunday night, I'm sorry, it was Sunday night. And we sat down and we talked and we did not agree. We did not agree, but we had a civil conversation. Some things we kind of hashed out. Other things we disagreed on and will continue to disagree on, uh, but we were civil. And I feel like if everybody could sit down and do that, we could make headway. You see what I'm saying? Uh, we're never we're never all going to agree on everything. Uh, I mean, we've been friends for what ten years. Yeah, we pretty much agree, but I'm sure there's things that we've got different outlooks on. Uh, you know, uh, and you know, it's kind of like a marriage. <laughs> uh, if you're going to say you're going to agree on everything, your whole marriage, you're lying. Uh, that don't mean you got to fight. You can talk about it, you can work it out, or you can agree to disagree as long as you respect each other. And, uh, you know, uh, will there always be prejudice in this world? Yes. Will there always be racial discrimination? Yes. Will it always be from the white race? No. Uh, will it, you know, be from the black race always? No. Will it be from the brown or yellow or red? No. It, it every race has a certain degree of discrimination that they put out, whether they want to admit it or not. See, the one big thing is there's only one race, and that's the human race. We have different nationalities and different different ethnic backgrounds, but we're all the same human race. Right. But everybody uses they throw around that oh the race race race. It's not. It's ethnic backgrounds and skin color i i don't want to say for sure but i think it was i believe it was theodore roosevelt now i might be misquoting who it was okay but it was one of our presidents that said when you put a hyphen with something in front of american you're not american because we are a mixed, <coughs> we're a mixed group of people. And when we come to America, <coughs> or if we're lucky enough to be born in America, then we're Americans. Uh, you come, if you come in the right way, if you come in the legal way, uh, you have to go through uh, classes, you learn to speak English, you learn our history, you learn to read and to write in English, uh, you learn our constitution, you learn our laws. And it, it's a very, uh, very long drawn out process. And it's expensive. It's expensive to come here legally. And a lot of people strive and work and save and scrimp and eat bread and water or whatever they got to do to get here. And the reason they do that is because they realize that this is a country, a land of opportunity, if you apply yourself. Uh, they don't come here saying, I want social security, I want, you know, I want welfare, I want food stamps. 
they don't do that because they understand when you come legally, you've got to be able to support yourself. Um, if you come here on a green card and you're working on becoming a citizen, uh, you've got to have a sponsor. And that sponsor says, if you can't take care of yourself, they're going to take care of you. And uh, I was just a couple years ago, I had a friend, you know, her husband's here and they needed a sponsor and she asked me to do it and he worked. But I said, I can't do it right now. I don't have the money that if something happened, I could afford to take care of you, him and your children, you know. And uh, I said, he'll have to find somebody else. Well, I never did find out what happened to him, but I know the business he was working for suddenly closed. So if he was out of work, then I would have been having to provide not only for myself, but I'd had to been providing for them. And I just didn't have the means at the time to do that. Uh, they had a little boy that was requiring a lot of medical assistance and everything. I, there's no way I could have, you know, afforded that. And it broke my heart to have to tell him no, because, you know, they was good friends. Uh, he was from Mexico and, uh, but I could not do that. And, you know, and the other thing was, is I had found him a much better job than the restaurant job uh, with family member that owns a business. And he said, sure. I said, just send him down here. I said, I'll put him to work, you know, and he wouldn't come and do it. Uh, and that was before they asked me to do that. So um, he could have went from making, you know, seven fifty an hour to making $20 an hour if he'd have went to work with this person. Um, so you've got to make it for yourself is my whole point. Um, I, I respect anybody that's got the money and I'm glad they're there to, to sponsor people like that that's coming in the right way. If I'd have had the money, I would have done it, but I just didn't have it at the time. Um, but if you talk to the people that's come in the right way, they're very mad about this border situation. Oh yeah, I've talked to, uh, I've got uh, several uh, Hispanic friends from Mexico that they, uh, their parents and uh, have clearly stated that it pisses people, pisses them off a lot that these people do this and sneak in. They're all, we, we did it the right way. There's no excuse why they can't do it. Right. And they say those are the lazy ones. Well, you know, people are sending their kids Ed, thousands of miles with criminals to get them here. Well, okay. Yeah. And what gets me, though, is somebody is definitely funding all this. And we, we know who's really doing it. But well, who bought all the Biden lettuce insurance? Who do you think about them? Yeah. And, who, and how, how is this? Uh, you see that picture that uh, on one of the magazine covers, it was also on, uh, they had it on social media of uh, that heavy set Guatemalan lady with the clean clothes, the nice purple shirt. And she had a cell phone, like it was an Apple iPhone. Mm -hmm. Who the hell's charging all these phones on the way up there? They all don't have solar chargers. Well, if you notice, if you notice when they show them, if they're sitting somewhere, like they stop or whatever to rest, they're all sitting there on their iPhones. Yeah. 
even the kids. I got a hundred twenty-five dollar Android. These, you know, like I ten some of them. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, that's like I run into a woman stopped me at Walmart. We've got a bad problem here with panhandlers, and I was going through Walmart, and this woman was dressed in nice clothes. Okay, nice clothes. She was riding one of those little buggies. She was an older woman. And she comes up, have you got $5? I'm short. Well, I've heard so many different things. I just, I said, sorry, ma'am. I, I barely got enough to get what I got. And uh, anyway, I walked off and her phone rings and she picks it up and says, now don't pick me up yet. I'm still working Walmart. They have a white limousine that drops people off at stores and at the highway ramps and out in front of stores to panhandle every day. They've been caught several times and they get out and they come back and do it again. And I mean, this is the way it is. I had a guy jump in my truck one day. Uh, I was at Silbar, went over to buy some I think it was livestock or feed or something at sale barn. And this guy just jumps in my truck all of a sudden. Well, you know, it's not a safe thing to do with me. And so he jumps in the truck. I put a 45 up to his head. That's what the hell are you doing in my truck? Oh, man, man. He said, uh, uh, brother, he says, I just want to see if you got $20. I can borrow. He said, my mom's been a wretch. She had her leg cut off and I got to get to Manchester. I said, you better get out of my truck. I could tell he was a dopey. You know what I'm saying? So I run him out of the truck. And then he comes up to me another time. Said, oh, I need $20. This is like, you know, a month down the road. I need $20. My mom was in a wreck and she's got her leg cut off. And she's in Manchester Hospital. I got to get down there. I said, well, yeah, find somebody else. So finally, one night, I'm sitting with my date at... Burger King and we're sitting there and we're eating and this guy comes in and just sits right down beside her at the table and looks at me and says man he says I need to ask you you got $20 you can loan me he's uh, let me have he said my mom's been in rent and had her leg cut off and she's in Manchester in the hospital I looked at him and I said buddy I said what kind of animal is your mother well, what do you mean I said well that's the third leg she's got cut off she can't be a human And he kind of, I don't even remember what he said. I got up. I grabbed him by the belt, the shirt collar. I took him across the lobby and threw him out of Burger King. So I'm not coming back in there. I walked back in, and I figured I was going to get a wrath of crap, you know, out of the manager. And the manager looked at me and said, oh, thank you for doing that. Maybe he'll stay gone now. So we're not allowed to do that, but if the customers do, it's okay. So he'd been in there pulling that same thing in there. Uh, that wasn't the first time. So, I mean, it's just, it's a constant thing down here. And, you know, but the thing that gets me, here's all these signs for, for the area, for what people get paid around here. They're good paying jobs. If you get $16, $20 an hour down here, you can live like a king. Uh, it, it would be equivalent to, 80,000 probably where you are.
see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, or more. And, uh, you know, cause I mean, you can buy a house down here for four or $500 a month and out there, uh, I'm well, our PR person, she, she pays like 3000, uh, I think it was $3,000 a month to rent in California. And didn't you tell me a story about going back to a place that you had rented before? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I uh, I when I first moved in, the rent was seven twenty five, and uh, that was that was a number of years ago. And this wasn't a big apartment either, right? No, it was just a little two bedroom apartment, no washer, no dryer hookups, small kitchen. Um, it's now renting for fourteen fifty. A house out here, if you want a three-bedroom house, um, they all come with one or two-car garages now out here the way they are. If you want to rent one of those, you better expect to pay about anywhere from $2,800 a month to about four or five grand a month. And believe me, people are paying it. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're paying it. Well, how do all these people that can't afford to get a free voter ID afford to live out there? Oh, they're selling weed. Oh. So yeah, you got money to buy weed, but you don't have money to go pick up the card that's free. Oh, yeah. Most of them are. Uh, I know several people that are living in a couple of these areas that are low income housing where some of them only have to pay. I've seen someone's rent as low as $2 a month. And that's all they had to pay because the state footed the bill for the rest. Now, this girl had her hair done, her nails done, her toes done, and was driving a 60-something thousand dollar Mercedes SUV with a big-ass stereo system in it. And she only had to come up with $2 a month because she ain't got no money. She well, got no job. You know, it's like one of my exes uh, worked for Walmart making $10 an hour. She worked 40 hours a week at Walmart. She worked 40 hours a week cleaning houses at $15 an hour. Uh, I paid double my child support, and I had it coming directly out of my check, and she tried to say it wasn't. And uh, I had to prove it, and I did. She was trying to get me extradited to Maine and to have me arrested. She didn't think I could prove I was paying my child support. But I got a hold of Angus King, who was the governor at the time. He's in Congress now. Uh, I got a hold of him, and uh, I told him, I said, look, I said, this is the situation. I'm having trouble getting them to release the records to me because she's in a payee on this account uh, because I had it directly paid to her rather than coming to me. That way she got the whole month's child support at the first of her month. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> and so he done some check and found out it's true. And I said, well, while I got you on the phone, I said, it's come to my understanding that she's you know, making 400 a month 
uh, 400 a week at Walmart. She's making $600 a week on her own. She's living in a real nice, and these were nice projects, okay? Uh, the apartments was clean, they was real modern. She had a two bedroom apartment there. <clears throat> Heat, everything furnished for $65 a month. And her making $1,000 a week. And I said, on top of that, I'm paying child support. She's saying I'm not. So she's getting all this extra assistance from the state for my son that she's not entitled to. So I wrote him on a Friday. And uh, on Monday, when I got home from my job, I looked on my email and he had written me back. And he said that there were like 20 some odd, almost 30 uh state and federal agencies looking into the fraud she had committed and she was going to pay it all back without being uh a day late on any of it any of the payments and if she did she was going to prison but there's people that milk the system that way you know and there a lot of them are the very ones that say oh well you know i'm being oppressed because i'm a woman or i'm being oppressed because i'm black or because of whatever you know and uh, white people are bad about that, too. You know, I mean, she's one of them. Uh, they'll lie, they'll do anything they can to try to get what's free. And this country wasn't built for people to live for free. Uh, it will not survive if the government starts taking over everything. And uh, a perfect example of that is, is these states where these shootings happened in the last weekend, because the government is controlling everything in those states. You stop and think about it. Look how, how much control you're under in California. Uh, look at Chicago. You know, look at, look at New York. You know, look at Pennsylvania. I mean, some of these, you know, these blue states. I mean, it, it's unreal. It's unreal. And uh, so I think these shootings are a combination of a lot of things. I think it's a combination of the mindset of people that, that they want everything for free. And if they don't get things for free, they're, they're oppressed. Uh, I think it's uh, a combination of these politicians who have used the black people for so long for votes. Uh, they, they, they lie to them. They lie to them. You know, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you this. And, you know, like I said, Obama got elected for a cell phone. Go ahead. Then the, the, the black people have been lied to for years. But the problem is, is they're being used and led astray by their own people that are being used as puppets right. by the rich and they're rich white people but really it's just got to get rid of the term black and white black and white are neutral colors there's no it's the rich it's the wealthy the rich the rich people that are using the wealthy blacks or putting blacks into wealthy positions that way they can in turn use them to use their people to sway their votes and the it's way. a two-way game too it's a two-way game i want to say that because you get the Democrats here who make all the promises, right? And, you know, we're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. And then you get the Republicans, 
you know, they play the opposite side of it. It's, it's a two-way street there. And yeah. so they play them back and forth. Both, both sides do. Both sides do. And uh, they did the same thing with the white people. They did the same thing with uh, the Republicans. You know, want the whites and the Hispanics and like the Chinese and people like that uh, to build up their base because the Democrats has had such a hold on the black race for so long that, that, you know, it's a sparring game. It's a sparring game. And the truth of the matter is they don't give a damn about none of us. They don't care about none of us. What they care about is that vote that gets them in office so they can continue to get that money from them super PACs and, and from all these different agencies to send these lobbyists up to pay them. And the, all they're concerned in is wealth and power and control. And the thing is, if they succeed in this communist movement by continuing to pander to the black people and, and, and lying to them, which is all they do, it's all they've ever done, uh, like I started to say, Obama got elected on a cell phone, and the damn thing was a piece of junk. They don't work. Uh, worth a damn if you're if if you're not within you know a few blocks of a transmitter, you don't get reception. And they get and shut off after a year. Uh, they're set up to to run off of the the internet in your home, but you can't get one to sign into the internet because it's it doesn't have an HD setting in it. Uh, you know, I tried to set one of them up for somebody yesterday. And it wouldn't work because their phone is that phone, even though it's set up and says it'll run off the internet, it doesn't have an HD setting. So you can't, you can't uh, connect to the internet without HD setting. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's smoke and mirrors and all they're doing is for their own personal gain, their own power, their own ability to control people around them. They're making promises that will never fulfill, and they're using people, turning people against each other, and got people killing each other. And this has got to stop. It's got to stop. I was just flipping through uh, a timeline here of uh, gun control laws in the United States, and starting you know, with 1791 with the Bill of Rights, in the second amendment but in 1837 which i never knew you got that on the computer uh it's thoughtco.com can you put it up no it's on my i'm looking on my phone oh okay go ahead um thoughtco.com has a thing here for uh robert longley uh, wrote this or updated this May 2nd of 2020. And it's just a, an overview of the gun laws that we've had come into federally since the beginning of the United States. And it goes from 1791. And then uh, 1837, Georgia passed a law banning handguns. The law was ruled unconstitutional by the state Supreme Court and thrown out due to the Second Amendment. Right. And then this is where, now this is what, where it gets to where uh, black people and firearms and the first gun control laws. In 1865, in a reaction to the emancipation 
uh, of blacks, several Southern states adopted what we call, or what they call black codes, which among other things, forbid any black person for possessing a firearm. That was part of the Jim Crow laws. And uh, let's see here. And the interesting thing is those states were Democrat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1871, the NRA was organized with its goal. We what its goal was back then, which was improving American civilian marksmanship in preparation for war. 1927, Congress passed the Miller Act, which was a law banning the mailing of concealable guns. And then they had the NFA law, the 1934 NFA law, uh, regulating the manufacture, sale, possession of fully automatic firearms like Tommy guns without having a tax stamp and being approved. Uh, then 1938, there was the Federal Firearms Act of 1938, which uh, places limitations on selling ordinary firearms. And this is where the FFL was born. Now, I don't know what an FFL costs these days. I'm sure it's quite a bit. But it says right here, that uh, in the institution in 1938, a federal firearms license was supposed to be an annual cost of one dollar. Huh. And then in the 1968, there was the 1968 Gun Control Act. And then uh, 1972 is when the ATF was created. 76 is when Washington, D.C., enacted a handgun law which requires registration of all rifles and shotguns within the District of Columbia. 1986 came the Armed Career Criminal Act, which it's supposed to have came with increased penalties for possession of firearms by persons not qualified to own them under the 19, 1986 Control Act. So already in 1986, they already had laws that they're trying to create now that ain't working then that still ain't going to work now. I just pulled up the cost of an FFL. Okay. I'm going to share it here. $30,000 to $3,000, depending on the type of license you apply for. FFLs or federal farm license are issued by the ATF for various purposes ranging from collecting to importing military-grade weapons for government clients. The most common FFL people get is type 01 FFL license. I see what it says here. It might get the breakdown on the different classes. I applied for one 20 years ago and then gave up on it because here in California, you have to have an approval from your chief of police in order to get an FFL. And unless you were on his good side, you weren't getting it. Okay, uh, FFL gun dealers uh, are $200 for three years. Renewals are 90. FFL type seven, gun dealers and gun manufacturers, that'd be people that make them and sell them, is 150 for three years with $150 renewal. Now that's interesting. It's cheaper to make them and sell them than it is to just deal them. Uh, type nine, uh, that 
eight and nine, eight is 150 for three years. And it's for gun importers and gun dealers. Nine is just gun dealer. I don't, I don't know why $3,000 for a type nine and then uh, 3,000 for a type 10, which is gun dealer manufacturer. And there's another one for 3,000 that's for gun dealers and importers. Uh, I don't know if it's got to do with the type of, it probably has to do with the type of farm, I would imagine, wouldn't you? Yeah, cause you, uh, thanks to Obama passing a few laws or restrictions, uh, a bunch of stuff that was gonna be imported into the country was for, for historical collections was uh, dumped out in the ocean. So if you just collect uh, Curio Relic Arms, it's $30. And that all that does is allow you to buy anything that's over 50 years old. Well, not only that, if they're automatic, they have to be disabled. Yeah, it, be a, it has to be a dummy, but anybody can buy those, at least out here. Uh, well, like in New York, I know somebody collect them out there and they had, they had to to have the firing pins removed and stuff done to them where they weren't operational at all. Uh, it doesn't really break down what, what $200 FL license is Oh, here it is. FFL pound brokers. FFL types and SOT registration at the bottom. Okay, the type tens for the military grade. Oh, they're okay. Dealer of destructive devices. Okay. <laughs> and it goes by how much you sell, too, don't it? Yeah. Huh. That's the SOT you was talking about. Yeah, that's it. That's where you make the silencers and machine guns for sale to lawful customers. <clears throat> yep. Wow. So you could be paying as much as three thousand dollars for every three a thousand dollars a year, in other words. Yeah. For the license and only. So uh that's kind of stiff, really. For yeah. yeah, it is. Especially when it was only supposed to cost a dollar. Yeah. Well, that's that's the problem when the government get involved. You know, we're gonna do this. It just be a little bit, and the next thing you know, it's a whole lot. Uh, you know, they always dangle the carrot, and when you bite it, uh, you find out it's got a got a trap involved with it. 
and uh, you're stuck. But this whole thing about, you know, I, I think the biggest problems we got right now is one politicians that are using this whole thing for politics. The second one is, is the people that's gullible enough to listen to them. <coughs> the third is the propaganda machine of the media. Uh, the fourth is not that they've got gun, you know, guns, but that they're letting criminals out of jail who get guns that are not legally obtained. Uh, do they really think if they come after people's guns, they're going to take $200 from the government if somebody's going to give them $1,000 for it and they can say it was stolen or it was, you know, they sold it before that happened. Uh, people are going to go whatever the better money is if they're willing to give up their guns. And quite frankly, right now, with the rate of gun sales, the rate of ammo, you know yourself as well as I do, you can't hardly buy a shell for anything right now. You can't even get turkey shells down here to go turkey hunting. Uh, so everybody's buying everything they can get a hold of, no matter what it is. You know, I always said squirrel shot was better than a slingshot. And uh, that's, that's what's happening. I don't think people are going to readily give up their firearms, not the law-abiding people, because they know that the Constitution's on their side. Um, people need to realize we're being played, and the Constitution is the law of the land. And even the Supreme Court, if they rule against the Constitution, it is illegitimate. It is an illegitimate point. Um, they can be impeached. They need to be impeached. Uh, we need we need to get all the crooked politicians out both sides of the aisle. Uh, that'll leave us maybe 10 left to put all new people in on both sides of the aisle. And then we need to turn around and we need to start bringing these people up even after they're out of office because they set the precedent on that, if you remember. After they're out of office, bring them up on charges. Bring them up on charges uh, for the things they've done. Waters should never see the light of day again. How many videos have we seen of her going out into these areas where there's problems and inciting these riots? Uh, she even... Uh, made an appearance that interfered with a criminal court case on Chauvin, if you remember. Uh, the judge, he did not sequester a jury on a murder trial, and then he had the gall to deny an appeal. Uh, I'm not saying Chauvin should go free, but his rights were violated. Uh, until you get a fair trial, uh, it, it's moot. And anybody that stood up and cheered because he went to jail uh, on a kangaroo trial basically was an idiot because they could be the next one out in line for that. Uh, and it don't matter if you're black or you're white. If the council culture decides you should go to jail, 
uh, it can happen to you. And we, I, I don't know. You got any solutions for what's going on in this country and these people getting killed like this, Ed? What's that? Have you got any ideas for a solution how to stop all this craziness, people getting killed and stuff? Well, I always said an armed society is a polite society. Yeah. And criminals don't like it when uh, victims can shoot back. So if we all had, if we had constitutional carry, even if the people that didn't believe in owning guns or didn't want to carry a gun, they don't have to. That's fine. That's their, that they can do it. But, you know, the rest of us that want to carry a weapon for our own self-preservation uh, should have that right. And if we are armed, then criminals will think twice about, oh, well, if I rob this guy, is he going to be armed or are they all going to be armed or are they all not going to be armed? He don't know. And you're less likely to get robbed if you look like you're, you know, more well alert of your surroundings and more people. They'll, they'll start thinking more, especially after the first two or three get shot. Well, you know, when I traveled this weekend, all the states I went through were constitutional carry states. But the one state that was really weird was Tennessee. Uh, a person can, without a concealed carry, can carry concealed in Tennessee, right? Mm -hmm. But if they're in a the vehicle, there can't be one in the chamber. There can't be any, there can't be a magazine in it. it. All the ammo has to be where you can't reach it. You can have the gun, but you can't reach the ammo. That makes sense. So you wait, so you can you can concealed carry, but not in a vehicle. You you can't have your gun if you're if you don't have a if you don't have a CCDW or CCW, they call it, I think there. Uh, now, see, they reciprocate with Kentucky, so I could carry on my body or in the door pocket or wherever I want it to carry it in the truck, in the seat, on the dash. If I wanted to, I wouldn't, but, you know, that's kind of a dangerous place to carry it. I could carry it anywhere in the vehicle, but my passenger who did not have a permit or a concealed carry uh, could not have their ammo within reach of them in the vehicle. Jeez. So what I did was I took two registered guns to me and put them in the door panel on my side. Well, they're not registered, but I mean, two I purchased, you know, in my own name. Uh, I put, I'll never register a gun. That's illegal. Uh, but I, I put them in my door panel because uh, that's where I like to carry when I'm going down the road in case I get in a tactical situation. It's easy to access. It's not like I'm trying to fight the seatbelt and get it out of a holster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can just reach down and grab it if I need it. Uh, so what I've done was I put two of my guns in the door panel and said, if anything happens, I'll toss one to you. That made it legal that way. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, when we got where we were getting out in Tennessee, they could take one of my guns. I, I could loan them one of my guns. They could put it in their, on their body and carry it. But they couldn't in the vehicle. 
Now that don't make a lot of sense with all the people that's been getting shot going down the highway. There was one in West Virginia that got shot on the bridge this, this weekend. Uh, that don't make sense. You know, we uh, we had one of our organization's uh, family member got shot right here in Kentucky at a four-way intersection on the highway, on an interstate road, you know, in, you know, U.S. Route 25, uh, close to here, uh, but you can't carry it. We had another person that his son got murdered by a drive-by shooting down in Georgia. You should have your weapon where you can use it at all times. I don't care what the law is. I'm just going to tell you, I don't care what the law is. Your life's more important. Your family's life's more important. And I've been telling people, hey, when you go out, you make sure you can defend yourself and you can defend your family. And, uh, you know, uh, you might go to jail, but at least you'll be alive and your family will be alive. And that's just the way I look at it. Uh, you can't, you can't, uh, in today's time with things like they are and, and this violence going on, you know, uh, I mean, we were downtown Little Rock and it's, it's not a real, what I would call a safe area at night, you know, just from the people that were around and, you know, and uh, I mean, there was even an incident uh, outside of the Marriott, they had to call the police to come get some guy in broad daylight. You know, he was out there harassing uh, harassing their customers, the people that was staying there. And, uh, you know, uh, he was out there while I was out there. And uh, I'll tell you, I had my eye on him. And then the last night we was there, uh, there was another situation outside uh, that uh, I really thought I was going to do something that night. Uh, but the guy decided after I said what I said, you know, to just go on down the road. Uh, but I mean, you, you get these people that's, you know, don't want to work. They're on drugs. They hang out in front of this big convention center Marriott and harass the customers. Uh, that's not good. It's not good. Uh, you would think if you go somewhere like that, you know, there would be security that you wouldn't have to worry about that stuff. But the only people outside downtown Little Rock with all this going on was the valets. That was the only people out there. And they had a place where if you smoke, which I smoke, you know, you had to go to that area and smoke. And uh, that's where all the trouble showed up. So, I mean, you know, it's, you just got to be careful, man. People's got to be careful. Uh, it's not a thing you want to do, but if it comes down to you or somebody else, you've got to live. And uh, if you don't have a concealed carry, I suggest you get one. If you don't have a firearm, I suggest you get one. I suggest you learn to be proficient in it, how to use it safely. Uh, learn how you position yourself so you don't have somebody behind you or behind the person you're shooting at and uh, just learn all the ropes uh, because you might not want to do it but you might not have a different you might not have a choice uh, that's like if somebody comes through your door uh, you got to live or die situation 
and you got to do what you got to do. Uh, I thank God I live in a state that doesn't doesn't uh, require retreat. I mean, we got castle doctrine, uh, and it extends to your property line here. Uh, so, people, I'm just it, it upsets me when I think about these little kids that's getting killed. That's the part that upsets me the most, and it's all part of political gamesmanship that's contributing to all this. And I wish somebody, one of these parents that loses a child, would stand up and in one of these areas like where Maxine Waters or Cory Bush or Cory Booker or any of the others that's been doing this, uh, you know, pushing this to incite these incidences would hold them accountable in court and sue them for their part in what they've done. Uh, I believe that it would stop it. Uh, you can't bring back a one-month-old child or a two-year-old, five or six, or what was that little boy got killed? He was, he was six, wasn't he? Was just getting ready. I think the next day was supposed to be his first day of grade school. If you remember, he's looking forward to going to school. Yeah. And uh, all this is stemmed out of, out of hatred for people with different colors of skin, and. Hell, they're even killing people with the same color skin. So uh, it, it's it's perplexing to me. I guess is what I want to say. Uh, it 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 just doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, you know, I think life is the most precious thing we have, and the life of our children, the utmost precious thing we got. And uh, I don't care who the child is or how old it is or what color it is, you know, or what country it came from originally. Uh, I would die protecting that child's life. And I believe you're your same way. I think me and you just got out of the same boat cut off that way. And uh, it it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking, Ed. It's really heartbreaking. So I don't know, we just, People have got to get over themselves and quit looking out for me, 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 and start looking out for each other. Uh, I talked to a lot of people while I was gone, and I made it a point because I was in the deep south. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm talking about the old cotton country. You know, you go down through there, and there's still cotton field after cotton field. And, uh, you know, a lot of cotton was raised back there in the days of slavery there. And a lot of the people that's there, their families have been there since those days. And uh, I did not find one person in Arkansas of color that liked what's going on in this country right now about all this division. And I even talked to two gentlemen, one was from Detroit, one was from Chicago that are highly upset about this going on in their cities. Um, both of them were blind gentlemen. They, they're both highly upset, you know, that this hatred and this division is going on, you know, and uh, they were very respectful. And, you know, we had, we had a great conversation. Uh, and uh, I met one person on the whole trip and that was in Jackson, Tennessee. 
and uh, he's a lawyer and he's a liberal, you know, and he'll tell you he's liberal and we had different views, but even then we were able to sit and have a constructive conversation about what's going on and, you know, not, not agree on everything, but agree on some things. And at the same time, respect each other, you know, uh, having difference of opinions. Uh, that's how we get out of this. You know, uh, we stop listening to the politicians. We stop listening to the news and we start listening, uh, to the voice of God that comes to us and talks to us and tells us, Hey, you know, that's wrong. You know, they try to say people don't have, uh, some people don't have the knowledge of right and wrong. You're, you're given that knowledge as a child. Uh, and, uh, when you're born, uh, you sense, uh, that something is wrong or you just know in your heart that it's wrong. And there are people that ignore that voice and that's the voice of God talking to them. And when you ignore that voice, then you become evil sometimes. And, uh, that's what we've got into. And I still, I attribute that back to, uh, you know, the atheist, uh, pushing their agenda, uh, and, you know, the racists pushing their agendas. And, you know, uh, this one gentleman I talked to, he said, well, what do you know about Malcolm X? I said, don't know a whole lot about Malcolm X. I said, except that I know he's a Marxist. And he sat there saying, he said, well, he said, yeah, I guess you could call him a Marxist. But he'd also asked me what I thought about Farrakhan. And I never got to answer that question because once I said that Malcolm X was a Marxist and I knew more about Farrakhan than I did him, that, that ended that discussion, you know. Uh, but you, you've got Farrakhan's tanning up, you know, and, and calling Jewish people termites, uh, you know, running down white people. I mean, he, he's done that his whole life. Uh, you got Jesse Jackson and, and Al Sharpton jumping up and making billions off of the conflicts. You know, they don't, they don't show up for nothing. They show up to make money. And that's why he owes four and a half million dollars in taxes a few years back. So uh, these are profiteers and these people will get out and they'll say and do anything to keep the fight going, to keep the division going, because that is how they gain their money. Uh, there's bad as politicians. There's bad as politicians. Uh, and, you know, uh, then you got people like Joe Biden. And, and uh, I mean, he's, he's a piece of work now. Uh, if you go back and you look at the things he said over history, uh, you'll find out that he is very much a racist against black people. If you go back, you know, he, he told the story about the little black kids playing with the hair on his legs. You remember that? Yeah. And if you stop and think or watch that tape again, the last thing he says is I learned a lot about roaches. He's referring to those kids as roaches. And uh, what drew my attention to it was Judge <laughs> Joe Brown called him out for that. Judge mm -hmm. Joe Brown called him out for that and uh, on a video. Uh, but he it reminded me of a comment that he made about the schools integrating. He said, if you let the blacks in the schools, they're like roaches. They'll, they'll take over. That's because he didn't want his kids going to school in quote, a racial jungle. If you remember. Oh, I remember that. 
<clears throat> he's a big racist. Uh, he's a racist to the end. He ran with uh, uh, Senator Byrd. And uh, Senator Byrd was a grand dragon of the Klan. You look up, Snopes says, oh, no, he wasn't. But yes, he was. You know, and uh, I, I don't know about Ron Paul, but I will tell you that when Ron Paul ran for president in, in the outlaying areas of Jefferson County, there were white supremacist papers out that said Ron Paul for president paid for by the Ku Klux Klan. Now, I was told Rand was questioned about that and denied knowing anything about it, but uh, that don't look good. That don't look good. Uh, but racism has been a big part of politics throughout history. Uh, if you look, when, when, it, when the vote was, you know, uh, to give the rights to voting for, for Black people, the Democrats voted in a block to deny them that vote. It was the Republican vote that got it through. Uh, the Democrats were called the Dixiecrats. They were the people in the South. The, the South was Democrat before the Civil War. And uh, what happened was the industrial uh, people from the Republican Party, when the war was over, they went down and bought the, the <coughs> plantations and stuff in the South for pennies on the dollar because the people couldn't afford to keep it up no more. They didn't have their slaves. They couldn't do it. So they went down there and bought it. That's why there's so many Republicans in the South now. But then the Democrats eventually migrated North looking for jobs up there in the industry. And so, and then some of them was able to get their own businesses going and stuff. And that's why you've got Democrats in the North and Republicans in the South now. People don't want to admit that. They don't want to look at the history and learn the history. But if, if you just study, you'll find the truth. Uh, and, you know, I keep telling people, spend some time every day studying what's going on, studying the history of this country. Because if you don't study the history and you just take what somebody tells you, you're, you're not learning anything. You're just learning what they want you to learn. Or you're, you're, you're being told what to believe. And, uh, I, I don't know about you, Ed, but I, I don't like nobody telling me what to believe. I like to find out on my own and, and, and know the truth, don't you? Well, yeah, I do. I don't be forced into believing something that ain't what I want. It's, uh, you know, I can remember being in college. Uh, I went back at 32 years old. And I graduated high school in 78 and in 78 we were still learning us history still learning you know world history still learning you know all of that we had government classes we had economic classes uh we didn't when we got out of high school we didn't have to go to an adulting class because we knew how to take care of business uh but back then we had a foundation when we come out of school uh, we understood our laws, we understood our country, we understood our history, where we came from, with the good, the bad, the ugly of our history, you know, and I'm never going to say that slavery wasn't an ugly part of our history, because it was. Uh, but we also learned that black people were not the only slaves. The first slaves were Scotch and Irish. They were white people. Uh, 
and you know the Indians. Some of the Indians were made slaves. Uh, if they weren't made slaves, they were shipped off to reservations and uh, starved to death. You know, given infected blankets, you know, with smallpox and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, I never say that we've got a pretty history, but what we can do is we can take that ugliness of history, we can learn from it, and we can we can build a beautiful future. Uh, not a perfect future, because it'll never be perfect. We are human. Uh, and as long as we're human, we're going to have shortcomings. But we can learn to actually grow together and to uh, to make it better than it's ever been. Uh, this country is an experiment. Uh, and it's the longest living experiment uh, in the history of the world in democracy. and. Uh, when I say democracy, I'm saying a republic, a, democrat, a democratic republic, uh, something that I don't believe ever existed before us did it. Because there was like monarchies and communists and dictatorships and all that, but I don't think we ever had a, really a truly democratic republic. And the actual root of what we got now started in what was 1619 when the pilgrims came uh if you remember uh june griffin was talking about that uh they signed the uh the first basically a constitution the mayflower oh, the, 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 yeah uh they they sat in the harbor and they sat there with a piece of paper and they drew up that compact on a wooden chest and everybody signed it and that was the beginning foundation of our governmental system. And um, like I say, it's had some flaws in it along the way, but it has over history, you know, painstakingly uh, been amended uh, to try to give people more equal rights. And uh, this country, if you apply yourself, and, and I can speak to this myself, uh, I didn't come from a rich family. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a silver spoon. Uh, I was dyslexic in high school. Uh, I'm still dyslexic, but I have learned how to learn. And um, I come out of high school and I built my own company. And uh, I had a real good helper uh, that we're still friends. Um, I've got him in the business I'm in now. Uh, but we, He and I both uh, started out with nothing, and and we managed to you know to build something, uh, and so you can do it if you're willing to do it, and it doesn't matter what color you are because I mean we've seen so much proof of that, uh, you know with people like I said like people like Ben Carson, I mean that man's amazing, uh, you know and. Uh, it's just a shame that that you would want to rely on a crutch uh, and look for a handout instead of a hand up. And that is what a lot is going on right now because we, we don't, government doesn't give you a hand up. It gives you a handout because if you take the handout, then you're beholden to them. You're under the control and, and that's what's going on. 
uh, people are being controlled. They're being told that, you know, you're, you're, you're oppressed, you're this, you're that. Go out and raise hell and do this and do that. And they're doing it. And now it's got out of control and they don't know how to handle it. Um, and then you've got the whole deal at the border where they're bringing in MS-13 again. They're bringing in, you know, the child traffickers and all this other stuff's going on. And uh, our streets are getting overrun across the country. If you think you don't live on a border state, uh, take a drive through town. Take a drive through town. Or better yet, get out and walk and speak to the people uh, that look like they might have come from south of the border and see how many of them can say, good morning, how you doing, sir? Uh, you'll be surprised how many uh, are in your area that are not able to even carry a conversation. Uh, and the other thing is uh, the fentanyl. fentanyl. Uh, I think Mark Lamb said in March, they had Sheriff Lamb out of uh, Pinal County, Arizona, told me that they had done got four times the fentanyl in March that they had the whole year before. And he's 60 miles from the border. Uh, I, I was at our sheriff's office before I went to Arkansas and uh, his secretary there told me that they were starting to see it here. Uh, I talked to a, a deputy uh, in uh, Arkansas. I talked to another one in, in uh, Tennessee. The Arkansas one said they're starting to see a lot of fentanyl. The one in Tennessee said it's, and this was in a real, real rural area like I live and said they were starting to see it come in on them now a lot more. Not, not real bad, but more than what they'd seen before. So it, it's gradually working its way through. And the sanctuary cities are going to make this worse. Sanctuary states are going to make it worse. Our state's a sanctuary state. It should never be. But until we can get that governor out, we've got no other choice. Uh, so, uh, and we kind of relied on legislature to get it done, and they failed us this year. And we don't have a recall like y'all do. But uh, we need to be pushing for an amendment, put a referendum up. Because we need, need to be able to recall. Uh, we have seen so many businesses closed, just like y'all have out there. We've seen so many people lose their homes and their businesses. And I mean, it, it's sickening. And you know, when you've got people losing their, everything they got, and then you got people uh, demanding more out of them and demanding they apologize for who they are or what color they are, it's 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 building up a really really bad sentiment in this country. And uh, I worry, I worry that uh, it's going to be ending up a bloodbath in our streets. Uh, That's why they want to take away our guns, mm -hmm. so they can come in and mop up. Well, only thing I can tell people, as long as you hang on to your guns, uh, they'll never succeed. Some some of you might not make it. Uh, I might be one of them and don't make it with you. Uh, but uh, if we give up, if we give up our weapons that we use for self-defense and to protect our rights, then we have nothing. We will have nothing. They're trying to take away farmland where you're at. We're going to talk about some more tomorrow night for the listeners. We're going to talk some more tomorrow night about the, the California thing. Uh, I've found some stuff out from Ed tonight. I'm trying to get hold of our lady that was on 
the other day, and uh, what Elpsy, I think it was. Uh, we're we're gonna. I'm trying to get help us. Her. Help us. I'm trying to get a hold of her and uh, talk to her and uh, find some more stuff out tomorrow. And uh, we'll we'll have a show tomorrow night and we'll talk about that. Uh, but the whole thing is, uh, you know, they're trying to take the farmlands. They're trying to take. They're, they're getting rid of the water. They're getting rid of the water. Uh, that's how they're getting the farmlands. Uh, Lake Mead's just about dry. Uh, the Hoover Dam is, you know, down to where for long they won't be able to make electricity. Uh, so then there goes a lot of people's electric. Uh, Las Vegas, 90% of the water comes out of Lake Mead. What are they going to do when it runs dry? Uh, is it going to be like Litchfield, California? Will they not uh, supply you with water? You know, uh, that's a fight we're not giving up on. We're going to keep fighting that. Uh, and that gentleman I was telling you about that was a liberal attorney, uh, he's given me some advice on that. So we're, we're going to follow through on that too. But we've got, we've got to pull together, folks, because the whole idea is if you've never read Agenda 21, if you've never read Agenda 30, don't listen to it on a YouTube video. Don't listen to it on, you know, a Brighton video or whatever, bitch you or whatever. And we're on Brighton, we're on BitChute, okay? And we're on YouTube. But don't listen to it there. Go to the agenda, go to the United Nations homepage. Look up Agenda 21. Look up Agenda 30, okay? You will read that. You will understand what we're talking about. You will understand the peril this country is in right now and the devise of the United Nations and its league of... I don't even know what to call them. Uh, evil people, the elite, what they have planned for your future. And I'll give you a hint. A lot of you have no future with their plans. You won't be here. Uh, we're seeing it now. Uh, Ed, the shots, the shots. Uh, I've got a friend right now that uh, is in the hospital with COVID. Her mother's in the hospital with COVID. Her sister has COVID at home and her other sister that's had two shots now has come down sick. Uh, she's not been tested yet, but I just about bet she's had, she's got COVID. They've been over 6,000 people die of COVID that's had both shots. Now the kids are getting uh, 25 and under are getting, uh, their hearts are swelling up, getting fluid on their hearts and they're dying. Uh, there was 13 year old boy, boy died the other day uh, they've not give out the whole autopsy, but they said his heart was swollen and it was, it was, the pericardium was full of water. Well, that's what the shots are doing to the young, younger people. Now, Joe Biden is one. What do you think about this? Joe Biden wants to make it mandatory for the military to have to take the COVID shots. And probably 50% of the military is 25 and younger. What do you think about that, Ed? Well, the problem with that is I believe legally he can force them to take it. Because when you sign up for the military, you do sign away your rights and become a piece of government property. Legally, he cannot. You sure about that? Because we had two airmen out here that 
when the remember do you remember when uh the anthrax shots were new yep we had a couple airmen out here that made the news because they made it mandatory that they had to get the anthrax shot these two airmen refused to get it and were court-martialed and discharged well uh Vernon jones was on last night he was talking about that and there was a veteran that was on talking about it too that's in congress and they said and this is what the law says you cannot and i done knew this part you cannot force anybody to take a vaccination that has not been through the trials as long as it's under emergency use authorization it is illegal it is unconstitutional um, and if they try to force you to take it, then you got grounds to leave the service with an honorable discharge. And then you, the, the, both uh, the congressman that was on urged everybody that if they tried to force them to take, to file a lawsuit in federal district court, uh, he was forced to take the anthrax shot. And he got the first one and got very sick and then they found out they couldn't force you to take them. So they couldn't force them to take the others, the ones that took the follow-up shots done it on their own. Now there's another thing about these COVID shots. Six months to nine months after you get your second shot, you gotta go through it again. We've talked about the nanobots they claim that aren't in there. That's the thing that's making the magnets stick to your arm. That's the thing that's causing the metal buildup in your brains. Uh, if it does not have the nanobots in it, where's the metal coming from? Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much, you know, these are tiny little particles uh, that are transmitters. And uh, the reason you have to take it again is because that the transmitter life is only six to nine months. So that's why you have to take it again. The idea is they want to be able to use these to control one, your reproductive system, two, your th thought process, and three, your organs. Uh, they have what is, I'm told, have what is a dead man switch that they decide that you're a dissident or you don't go along with the program. They can shut you off like that and uh so these are things to think about if you've had the shot <laughs> you might want to do some more study before you have your next one uh if you make it that long uh the other problem is like six six thousand people's done died from these shots uh, we've got these kids now that's doing it and i've done some figuring uh i looked up uh the census from 2020 and according to it there's 1100 and 11,588,000 people under the age of 25. They're saying one in 4,000 uh, are dying from this shot under the age of 25. Now, let me look up this figure here because I want to make sure I give you the right figure. Um, now, this is, you know, it was broke down in, in fractional percentages. So this is rounded, but it's very close. The uh, the numbers I've got here. Uh, so, taking into fact 
how many people there are under the age of 25, taking into fact one out of 4,000, get it. You're looking at, they're expecting 41,845,500 people between the birth and 25 to die of these shots. That's if one in 4,000 dies, they're saying it is. Uh, that's a lot of people. You read Agenda 21, you'll learn about depopulation of the earth. It's in 21 and 30, and you'll see where this is pertinent figures for you. There's 11,588,000, ,000, okay? So figure it out. And uh, that's how many people it looks like will die from these shots. Uh, that's kind of scary. It's kind of scary when you think about it. So uh, would I take it if I was in the military? I'd love court martial. If I had to, I'd, I'd go to Leavenworth. Uh, at least I would be breathing. You know, sooner or later, you'll get out. Uh, there comes a time that you just got to say, hell no. You know, it's old Southern saying, oh, well, no. And uh, that's, uh, that's just the way it is. But I understand now, now if it's been through the, if it's been through the, through the right trials and approved by the FDA, here's the case. This is not approved by the FDA. They tell you it's safe. They have no idea know what it's going to do to you in six months or a year or two years or five years or seven years. They have no idea. But what they do know, women are miscarrying from it. Uh, they're losing their ability to reproduce. It's affecting their ovaries. Uh, it's affecting people's hearts. It's it's putting metal in your brain, causing people to have trouble. Uh, they're talking about advancement of Alzheimer's, advancement of uh, Parkinson's disease. I think it was Lou Gehrig's disease. That's a horrible disease. I had a friend die of it a few years back. Uh, he wasted away to nothing. He's very vile. A viral man and he just all of a sudden he, he was just uh, skin and bones uh, so it's it's not worth it it's not worth it for something that has a point zero what is point zero zero two or something like that death rate uh, you know uh, if you're advanced in age yeah your your death rate's higher uh, but at this point where if you get both shots you still die from it I don't see any need in it, but the audacity of Anthony Fauci, I watched the story on it uh, about the little boy that died, and then he gets up on Twitter and has this little Twitter party on there where he's talking to these young people, and oh yeah, we're going to, yeah, you need to get the shot, yeah, the shot's fine, the shot's not going to hurt you, that's a lie, okay, I'll go get shot, I'll tell all my friends, you know, uh, come on, give me a break. Joe Biden says, come on, man, right? Uh, this is this is ridiculous. So I don't know. We, we just got to stop listening to the lies. We got to start researching for ourselves. We got to start looking for the truth. And we got to quit looking at the color of somebody's skin. And like you said, just realize there's only one race, and that's a human race. And uh, we've, we've got to be humans. Uh, you know, uh, I can say when I went south, uh, I was treated so well by, by the, uh, 
by the black people down there. It was amazing, you know, because if you get around Louisville here, uh, it, it's not that way, you know, and uh, you get around Lexington, it's not that way. But you get down there in the deep south of all places, and uh, you'll find some of the friendliest black folks you can meet. Uh, Memphis isn't that way. Uh, Memphis has become uh, one of the murder capitals of the world. Uh, and uh, so we just got to try to stick together and uh, put all this BS behind us uh, because they're, they're dividing us because they want to conquer us. Uh, you know, the old story, divide and conquer. That's how you win wars. And uh, that's how you topple great nations. Uh, you know, and there was only one they could not divide and conquer, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, his followers, uh, sometimes they got a little scared. Sometimes they denied him. Uh, but they always came back. And, uh, you know, they... They killed him and he came back. So we got to uh, remember that when he died, he didn't die on that cross for white people or black people or brown people. He died on that cross for everybody. And uh, that that is uh, where we need to go. We need to go back to, I think, I think we need to go back to living by the Ten Commandments. That's what our country was based on. Uh, you know, if you follow those Ten Commandments, you don't break a law in this country. Uh, because that's what our laws were based on. Uh, you know, they talk about, you know, the, how awful the Judeo-Christians are, but uh, it worked for 200 and something years. Uh, and it was only, you know, back when Obama got in that we really went downhill. That's when we went downhill. Uh, and if you remember, he stirred up a lot of the riots. He, he, he caused a lot of them. And Sharpton and, and Jackson was right in there with him, helping him. And uh, I seen this coming when he ran. Uh, I knew he'd be bad for the country. And it wasn't because he was black. It was because he wasn't qualified. And I knew that he was basically a racist. And uh, that was why I did not vote for him. Uh, if he'd come in and, and he'd have been somebody who'd been tried and true and you know, I thought we'd done a good job. I'd vote for him. But uh, after what I've seen since then, uh, I won't say I'll always vote for a Republican, <coughs> but I'll vote for a conservative that's not a Democrat. I'll put it that way. Uh, could be a conservative independent. It might be a Green Party for all I know. But, uh, it's the unfortunately the Democrat Party, in my view, has just went too far. They've went too far, and uh, they've caused the death of a lot of people, destruction of a lot of people. And uh, I believe that Fauci uh, was always pulling for the Democrat side. Uh, we found out now that he was involved in gain of function studies. We found out that he was involved in creating COVID, and uh, I believe this was all planned because Fauci prophesied, you might say, he predicted that there would be a novel virus <coughs> during Trump's presidency. Now, that's kind of an odd thing to say, don't you think? 
Yeah, I remember reading that. And, uh, you know, he's been caught with his pants down with his emails now. And he's still trying to run around and, and be the superstar, you know. It, it's funny. He's a little guy uh, with a little guy complex. And uh, he's he's enjoying all this attention, you know. You know, girls are running around with Fauci panties on. woohoo! And uh, so he's enjoying the limelight. But when the walls come crashing down, uh, I personally look for him to start rolling over on a lot of people above him. He'll probably Epstein himself uh, or, or McAfee himself, whatever you want to call it. And uh, then, you know, all the sins of all the, the true worst of them will be forgotten again. That's the way it works in this country. Uh, but we've got to pull together and say, you know, this is our country. This is our homes. This is our lives. This is our livelihoods. And uh, we've got to stand, you know. And, uh, you know, like we've talked about this before. A lot of people, I don't want to lose what I got. I don't want to get in trouble. Well, you know what? If you don't do something, you're going to lose everything. You're going to be in more trouble than you could ever dream of going to jail. And uh, so I'm not telling anybody to do nothing illegal, but I'm telling you, stand up for your constitutional rights. And if it comes to it, you do what you got to do to preserve them. Uh, and that is your right. So it's not illegal. So, but if I had one wish tonight, it'd be that those who are out killing people would lay their arms down, go home, just keep them, protect their own homes, leave other people alone on both sides, on both sides. Uh, because if, if they don't, I'm afraid we're gonna be in for a real bad time coming up. They're done saying that August and September is gonna be worse than July 4th was. So uh, be prepared, stay armed, stay trained and ready to do what you got to do to keep living and keep your family safe. That's all I got. You got anything else, Nadia? No, we'd be here for another two, three hours if I start talking. <laughs> well, uh, we will get on tomorrow night. And we will be talking about California and the water thing. Uh, this is this is an ongoing investigation, ongoing fight. Uh, what we've been investigating, we've been fighting it. And you know, uh, if anybody's not watched the the previous what nine or ten episodes we've done on this, you might want to go back. All of them are on Rumble.com under American Patriot News. Uh, the latest ones are on Brydian.com. Uh, 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 you have to go to Brydian.com slash channel slash Bill Moss, and you can bring that up and you can watch them. Uh, but uh, this is a bad situation. Uh, people are without water. Do you know if, if uh, Alpha's is completely out of water yet because i know you said she was close i didn't get a chance to go up there um i had to uh man the shop this weekend right jim and 
Jim ended up leaving two days late because he, the front end of his truck went out and he had to rebuild it. So I don't know if he talked to them or not at all this week. Right. I was just wondering, because I know you said the water was down to 175 feet and that's the bottom of their well as far as the pipe goes. And when I spoke to her last, I believe they was getting some air. And so I figured they're probably out by now. And uh, she she did say that she was going to call the VA and see if she could get some assistance there. So hopefully she can uh, for her. But um, people, I just beg people to, to read that Agenda 21, that Agenda 30. And I also look up Sustainable Rice Landscapes Initiative Consortium on the United Nations page. And you will see who's responsible for all this water disappearing in Alaska County, California. There's another county that's just lost all their water. I've got somebody I need to try to contact tomorrow, see if I can get the name of that county. Uh, that is kind of like a whistleblower, I guess you call it. And uh, if I can get that county, we're going to bring it to light too. Uh, and we might be able to somehow contact some people in that county. I don't know. Uh, if you live in a county and Altura's Rice drained all your water, give us a call. Uh, or better yet, just send an email to billmoss.apn. APN, excuse me, billmoss.apn is a nancy at gmail.com and let me know uh, about that situation. Uh, we're here to help. We'll continue to keep the help, trying to help, and we'll fight the fight with you. So until tomorrow night, thank you all for watching. Uh, may God bless your family. May God bless your home. May God keep you all safe. And most of all, may God bless America. Good night, Ed. Good night. Good night, everybody.